Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend Tom, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode 15 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. In today's episode, we've set up camp in Missouri. How are you doing, Tom? I am really, really good. Episode 15 of Season 3 already. Yeah, Crazy. Yes. Crazy. So I feel like... I feel like it's safe to say, and I actually almost think this would be fun, a fun thing to do with our listeners, is uh, we've already been in the talks of season four. Mm -hmm. And we are thinking of taking our cryptid camper and somehow packing it up or, or finding a different mode of cryptid transportation and making this an international podcast. Oh. Now, I don't know what country we're going to start in first. I don't know any of that stuff, but if anybody listening has input and wants to maybe give us some ideas as to where you'd like us to start or anything like that, I think we'd love to hear it. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we've been, we kicked around a few ideas and, and uh, definitely want to take it international. So, oh, I can't wait. That's gonna be so, so fun. Just cause as you're researching this, you kind of see the links to the, these other creatures internationally or versions of them. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, it a is. Lot of fun. So, so um, I believe you finished season two of From. I did. Oh my word. That show. First of all, where the fuck did that show come from? Why is right. it so, it like, and it's funny. So yes, and it is confirmed that there's a season three. I did finish it. And anybody who doesn't watch from, we're going to talk about it. If you're not current, fast forward a couple minutes and pick up a little bit later. Uh, but we're going to talk about this. Whole, holy crap. He, Victor has a sister? Yep. First of all. Wow, right? Do we? Do we know first? I I went back and I rewatched a little bit of it too, just to make sure. Do we know that she is dead? Do we know for a fact that she is dead? So I actually went back and watched that because he makes a comment that everybody's dead, and he's crying and says he couldn't protect her. I got the impression that she is dead. Do we know? <laughs> is the mother actually dead? Did he say that? Because I had a thought on that as well. Do you? I would so, like to hear your thought because I also have thoughts. What's your thought? Um. So, and I, first of all, the show, oh, it blows my mind. It's so good. Um, so he talks about, you know, they go to the bottle tree and he talks about, he goes, my mother said that she has to free the kids to get thing. And she, she goes to the, the night that, uh, you know, that big massacre where everybody died and everything and Victor and was hiding down down in the uh, shelter, he go, um, she's heading to the tower to help the children. And I don't know, but I'm thinking, because I don't remember if he actually said she was dead. Did she possibly make it to the tower, get out, and maybe been trying to get back for 40 or 50 years or something like that. I don't, you know, it was just a thought because I can't, I, I could not find him saying that, oh, she definitely did not make it to the tower. So it yes. was just a thought. It's not much of like a theory that's going to like change. Well, I mean, it would, it would change season three a bit, but uh, yeah. So uh, do you, did he say that she died? Definitely. Do you know, or I don't recall. I, I don't recall knowing. I don't recall him saying that she died, and I, now I remember. Now I know, now I remember what you're talking about saying that he couldn't save her for some reason in my head. That was the mother and not the sister. But now what you're saying is making more sense. It's that show is a lot to take in, and it's yeah. and it's hard to stop watching. So like when you watch, you binge, and it's yeah. it's just a lot to pull in. But 
Um, yeah, no, I love that, especially where the other mother now, is, <laughs> the other mother, like Coraline, uh, the other mom is now also in the back in the, the regular world or whatever you want to call it for, I don't know what else you want to call it, but um, so maybe they'll, maybe there could be like a run-in, like do they age the same? So, so would she still be alive? Would she, is Victor age slow? I'm so, I'm so like curious about this, but uh, do you have any theories as to the origin of the town like why things are happening there oh god i i have been racking my brain on that and i honestly don't have anything substantive of it uh what about you so far-fetched for sure but i i've been having some thoughts and i've been having some thoughts since we started seeing the children so the children don't go out and eat with the adults it doesn't seem uh the adults seem to be um the basically it almost seems like their their bodies are vessels for something else but they are still looking to be other people or people that other people know through mimicry or something like that to get them to want to help them and let them in obviously Mm-hmm. Now the children don't attack. The children, though they're creepy, they don't attack. But they, they're, they're not living. They're spectral in some way, I guess. And mm-hmm. it makes me wonder. Here's my theory. It makes me wonder if the adults now that are left to roam and feed and eat and devour other people are maybe that way because of something that may or may not have been done to the children to work as a way to get out of the town like you remember um what's the girl that tried to kill ended up killing her brother i can't remember her name oh uh oh god what's her name <sighs> I know well, you know who i'm talking about yeah, yeah. um so she was being told by something to kill the little boy mm-hmm. so it's clear something has been telling someone at least and probably more people over time to kill a children a child and in some lore depending on which lore you're talking about there are certain creatures that when you kill a child and you commit cannibalism you left to be just a monster who can occasionally in some lore be a skinwalker type monster. All right. And possibly that world, that little town, city, whatever that they're trapped in could be just some sort of like a, like a, like a trap to collect more, to collect souls, to collect. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm like so many places with it, but that one for some reason sticks out to me because like, otherwise the children make no sense. And that honestly makes more sense than most of the things that I've been kicking around in my brain. Uh, I I like that. And that does explain stuff because why are, you know, besides then like, showing up in the woods or in a few visions and stuff why are they just like in the tower or just the woods you know and i hadn't really i'm glad you said that because that like i hadn't really made that connection um that would definitely yeah i like it that would uh that would definitely explain stuff because it's it's so wild and it it, it almost hurts your brain to, to think yes. about it in a good way like not you know like oh fuck what is it's like no like i want to figure this out no i really like that what did you think about him killing one of them their uh boy that so and it's funny because i saw i saw it coming because i had i had a feel not like like super far early but once once i knew that that's what was what we were going to try to do Part of me was like, mm, that's a little stupid. And I, I wasn't sure I was going to feel about it. I don't know. I don't know why I even contemplated thinking that because the show does nothing that's stupid. The show is fantastic. And it was, it was, I love the suspense around the whole scene because, because he does it 
And then, like, they're still kind of drawn in on him, and you're like, oh, crap, this didn't work, and now we're going to lose Boyd. I don't want to lose Boyd. I love Boyd. And, um, but it, it was really cool, and I like that. I like that the, I like that the body stayed there and didn't, like, disintegrate into, like, the earth or disappear or yeah. something where, like, or reanimate or, or something like that. I like that they are, I like that they were able to take the body out. Like, I like that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, I was I was just going to ask you something else, too. Um, about, not about that scene, but about another scene. God, the show. It just, every, <laughs> everything about it is just, oh, the, uh, okay. The girl's girlfriend showing up in the town. Any thoughts on that? Like, why, as, this never happened in the history of this town where somebody that you know shows up later. You know, if you're in the town with somebody that you know, it's because you were in the same car together. But somehow, her girlfriend now is there. Like, yeah. So, so I, again, I, I have a pretty far-fetched look on this. So, there's a couple things about that whole, the whole bus group anyways. It's, there's some stuff going on there. Like, the, um, the guy who was having the dream and kind of recognized where he was, even though he had never been there. Yep. I feel like maybe that's foreshadowing that he had been there, just didn't remember it, or in some way, like, I don't know how he's connected. So I'm trying to remember all of the, like, the kind of, like, quote-unquote backstories or whatnot. Now, when, when she showed up here, she was on a bus on her way to rehabilitation, correct? Yes. yes. So she was possibly at the end of some rope. She was maybe at, at, at the at rock bottom. Maybe she was she was at the end of something big and horrible that she was trying to fight and get over. And I feel like if we think a little bit and we remember the family that was in the RV, um the you know the the mom, the dad and the boy and girl now they were on a family road camping trip trying to cope heal a marriage and cope with the loss of a child correct Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know like on the verge of divorce i mean it was gonna be yes if they couldn't you know work it out on this trip they were gonna get divorced now another thing is if we look at um the the kid who was a deputy and his mom, whose whose dad was killed in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, they if if I kind of put two and two together, it feels like they may have been on some sort of a road trip, knowing that it was very likely to be amongst the last ones they would be able to do with his dad, yep. with what was happening to him, happening to him, Alzheimer's or dementia. I'm not I'm not sure 100 percent what was happening, but obviously something was happening with him. Yep. Um. Well, I see where you're going with this. Yes. Honestly. So, I see, I, so it, it, it's like, I, you know, these people are coming to like a, like a big decision, a fork in the road or a, uh, you know, like the rock bottom, like you were saying. So it's like, like, it's a very important time in their life, a, yeah. a time of change, upheaval. The other lady on the bus who was end stage cancer, the... Oh. The kid who had the dream actually just lost his grandmother, who was yeah. close to him. I mean, that bus was chock full of people. The guy, the guy who ended up kind of being an asshole, but like he almost kind of got it. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was suffering from some sort of PTSD. I don't know if he was mm-hmm. fighting overseas or, or whatever, he, whatever was going on. That he clear, very clearly had something going on. But it seems like everybody has some sort of like a traumatic something that's bringing them to the brink of desperation. And that would also kind of fit in with what I was saying, because when it comes to times of desperation, you will do whatever you need to do to survive, including, like we've seen, in some cases, listening to the paranormal thing Mm -hmm. telling you to kill a child. So, uh, I mean, obviously that's extreme, but like, I feel like that place chose those people because they were already so broken and so, mm-hmm. so almost on the verge of 
well, we're going to give them one more thing and see how they handle this. And it's either going to break them or drive them to the absolute most desperate they've ever been in their life. Yeah, okay. And that's sort of along the line, pretty much along the lines of what I was thinking too on that stuff, because that was the only sort of connection I could make, because otherwise they come from all over in different parts of the country, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so, and then, uh, you know, the husband there of the, you know, the family that came in on the RV, I'm so bad at names, uh, you know, <laughs> this whole theory that it's a government. I really love that they're explore, uh, exploring all these things. And because that would be something that I would think of too, is this government thing. But I will say, I, I think I'd be a little disappointed if that turned out to be the case, that it was some sort of just like government yeah. test or something like that. Um, it, but I like, again, I, I, I do like it, like the, although they're in this wild place that doesn't make sense, they're still trying to use human logic and stuff like that. And you see that in a lot of the, you know, these supernatural movies and stuff, it's like logic just goes out the window and you're like, yeah. why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you do that? So I really love it. But again, if it turned out that it was just this government thing and they were drugged up or something like that, I'd be like, so, yeah. Gosh, I love that show. Oh man. I'm so, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that three has been confirmed, but I'm bummed that I get away to year. <laughs> same honestly same i'm so yeah i i can't believe how good it is and it's um, like nothing network like mgm or something like that like yeah that's yeah which i think is like five dollars a month so for anybody who isn't watching it and is interested now by what we said literally five bucks a month for mgm plus yeah. um and they offer a free week so if you don't even want to keep it you could go on and binge the two seasons of it and, and uh and because that's what i did for season two i just because i was like i was like oh maybe i'll keep it i went on and no show really grabbed me that was on there so i was just like yeah for the week binged all season two and then canceled it and uh yeah uh, mgm might be mad at us for saying something like that but <laughs> it's uh you know another way to go if you're not watching it you should be watching it guys it's fantastic nope i agree well, so I actually have one more thing that I wanted to talk about really quick. Oh, yeah. Something I had, I had a near-death experience the other day. Oh my God, what? Yeah, no, it was, it was very traumatic. I will let everybody know that I am okay, okay. but I'm going to tell you what happened. So, um, I was in my kitchen making my, I do like a protein coffee every morning and um, I was making my coffee. And um, it's, I, I leaned in the fridge to get something and, and something, the, the absolute biggest bug I've ever, I've ever um, felt in my life uh, slammed into my, uh, my very lower, very, very low small of my back, which is um, my way of revealing that I may or may not have had a little plumber's crack going on. It's whatever, I'm in the comfort of my home, I have plumber's crack. Um, <laughs> Now, it did, it attacked me. It, it hit me really hard and it startled me and I threw my hands up and I dropped my coffee on the floor and oh boy. it splattered all over me. And then I, I was swatting at my lower back trying to, mm -hmm. trying to get it away and, and I didn't feel it. So then I freaked out, I didn't see anything around me. And my only, my only option at that point is to drop my sweats. Thankfully, I was wearing Batman underpants because that's what I always do. I dropped my sweats and there's nothing. And then from around my back to hanging in front of my face is uh, the shocking realization that my hair is long enough to touch my butt crack. And I didn't know that. And um, that is... I, yeah, that was very traumatic, and my hair is not only long enough to do it, because I've been keeping it down, trying to get my hair healthier for, um, you know, Eric and I are getting married September 23rd, and um, I'm trying to, like, have healthier hair, and it's just not easy. My hair is unruly, but, yeah, no, it's long enough to touch my butt crack, and it's <laughs> long enough to scare the absolute crap out of me, and uh, I was standing there, sweats around 
sweats around my ankles and my Batman boxer shorts and all their glory up there for everybody to see and covered in coffee because of my own hair. So, yeah, that's what oh, happened. Boy, that's funny. Because I'm, I'm yeah. like, what kind of bug was it? The biggest bunch you've ever seen. And I'm like, oh, God. But funny, similar to that. Like, And this happens actually kind of often. I'll be in bed sleeping, and I have a ton of pillows. I love pillows. I, you know, yeah. I have like seven or eight pillows on my bed. Um, or something like that and you know and i just surround myself whatever but oh inevitably and at least probably once a month um sometimes more and i'll uh i'll shoot up because i feel something on my neck and i like i'll like a couple times you know been in bed with 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 a female or a friend or whatever and uh like jumped like gone from a lay down position to being on my feet on the bed in like one motion because I jump up because I think something's on my neck and like and then have like the, whoever's in bed just like what the fuck are you doing and uh yeah it turns out to just be usually just the corner of the pillow <laughs> all the time and I like freaks me out I've jumped out of the bed one time I jumped out of the bed but it, I was so tired my legs weren't working so I in one motion went on the bed and then just on the floor and just because the, the legs just had nothing and just the knees just buckled there it was like like they didn't work and shit so oh my god yeah so I feel your pain when it comes to that thing because the bugs and the stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know. never know it's yeah <laughs> better safe than sorry and i'm glad i'm glad i'm in good company with the, with the blatant overreactions to things that are not bad <laughs> yeah um, <sighs> i had one time actually recently and what i we i had a a bee land on me at work and i kid you not and somebody's like there's a beast so i kind of like freak out and i kid you not I put up my fist like I was gonna punch it in the face. I was gonna punch a bee because I was I just like it was just a reaction and everybody's dying. I'm like, why is everybody laughing? They're like, dude, what are you gonna do? Punch it? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's acceptable. <laughs> Punching uh, bugs. Uh <laughs> That's actually wicked funny. Um, oh my gosh. Well, you know what? <laughs> I. I have I have I have vast overreactions to especially bees actually but um yeah nope it's I mean they're a little they can get into tight places and holes in your clothes and up your sleeves and up the legs I mean they in, stuck in your I mean I Tom doesn't have a lot of hair but they can get stuck in hair they can get oh, stuck yeah. in your beard probably and mm -hmm. I you don't want to chance it they you don't know what they're gonna do in there to take up take up residence and not pay rent or something. I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't want any part of it. Oh, that's funny. <sighs> All right. All right. <laughs> Have you got any other fun tidbits for us? Uh, I do not at the moment. All right. So I believe you have the cryptid today. Time for the cryptid. I do. And, uh, Missouri was a lot of fun, um, and they have, you know, your standards, your chupacabra. I almost went with Momo, the Missouri monster, but I'm glad I didn't because that's, it, he's just Bigfoot. It's just mm -hmm. Missouri's Bigfoot, and like Shay explained when she was talking about Bigfoot either last week or the week before, um, you know, depending on what part of the country or even world, it has different names, Yeti, you know, all these things. Um, so I'm glad I didn't. But I went with uh, the Ozark Howler. Have you heard of it? No. So the Ozark Howler, Howler, also known as the Ozark Black Howler, also known as the Black Howler, also known as the Devil Cat, also known as, and my favorite, the Hoo Hoo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is also my favorite then because yeah <laughs> it's so it's said to be a mysterious large cat-like creature that lives deep in the woods of the ozark mountains of missouri and northern arkansas although sighting although sightings have been reported as far as texas and oklahoma the creature is typically described as a be as being the size of a bear with a thick stocky body stocky legs 
black shaggy hair and very prominent horns. Most accounts say that the creature is black in color or at the very least a very dark shade. Sightings of the creature have been officially recorded in the public record since the 1950s. Although many Ozark families have had stories of the how of howler encounter that predate the 1950s by many decades. The howl or cry uh, uh, of the howler is considered to be the hallmark of this creature. Some have described the howl as very deep and guttural, while others have claimed it's a high pitch howl. Yet others have described Describe the whale as a as most un, uh, as a most unearthly scream that seems to be only half human. Others have said it sounds like the scream or shriek of a woman. While most say that it sounds like the combination of a wolf's howl and an elk's bugle. I don't know what an elk's bugle sounds like. But I love that it's called a bugle. <laughs> that's nice. I like how that's said. It's very. It's almost. It's almost whimsical to have it called that. I like that. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, while the description of the creature howl varies greatly between people, all that have heard the howler scream, pierced the night air, never forget the chill that ran up their spine, as well as the feelings of anxiety and dread that washed over them. To many, the howler is a powerful and malevolent force that appearance signifies misfortune and death. Within Native American folklore, this creature is depicted as a strong supernatural creature with the ability to shapeshift into other animals and even humans. While lore from other indigenous tribes believe the creature serves as a protector of the forest or in some in other tribes as a messenger from the spirit world. But it is said most locals believe it is some sort of sinister force that preys on the unsuspecting. Regardless of your belief, it's quite the tantalizing creature. It actually has ties to two former presidents. So, this group called the Concatenated, and I, I don't, I can't say that word right, Concatenated, there we go, Concatenated, Order of the Hoo-Hoo. <laughs> 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 uh, is the name of the organization, and the purpose of this organization was to force the relations between lumberjacks and trade organizations. So, I said it had ties to presidents. How? It well, it said that both Warren G. Harding and Teddy Roosevelt were members at one time, and it's actually widely speculated that Teddy Roosevelt was a big fan of the creature and used his fame and standing in the community to protect the howler's habitat. And in 1908. Roosevelt actually went on to establish the Ozark National Forest, a very, very large uh, area or swath of land that would be, would be and is still to this day federally protected by the government from deforestation. It is believed he did so due to his fondness for the howler and this in turn deepened the surrounding community's interest in the creature as well. There have been many sightings of the creature over the years, and there was a very large and there was actually a very large uptick in sightings between 2005 and 2010. Not sure why those five years there was a big uptick. Uh, I couldn't really find too much on that. Um, while there have been no verified pictures or video of the creature, you can go online and read a bunch of eyewitness accounts. They're usually very brief encounters or sightings. So, what is the howler? Skeptics believe it is just a large cat like a cougar or a bobcat. But, 
people saying, well, what about the horns? You know, Cougars, Bobcats don't have horns. Others believe it's possibly a two different types of cats. Could be a Bobcat and a Cougar bred and created a new sort of hybrid type of cat, which my argument to that would be, I guess that would kind of almost be a cryptic because now you have a, 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 an, an animal that didn't know existed that does exist, even if it is a hybrid. Um, not in like the sense that we, we think about cryptids, but I think technically it might be if there was. Um, while others believe it is related to the creature called the Ku-Sith, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that um, right. It's C-U space S-I-T-H. Uh, the Ku-Sith in Scotland, Wales, and England is a mythological hound that is thought to be a harbinger of death. The locals of these regions believed that the hound would come to bear away the soul of a person to the afterlife, not unlike the Grim Reaper. The creature was said to be the size of a bull with dark, shaggy fur, uh, with the appearance of a wolf and a long coiled tail and paws the width of a man's hand. So I could see, you know, you know, these descriptions, why people might think they're related. Um, but I don't, I, I personally don't, uh, think they're the same. So is the howler real? That's up to you to decide. But according to famed cryptozoologists Chad Arment and Lauren Coleman, and you might recognize Lauren, uh, uh, Lauren Coleman as the writer of the Bridgewater Triangle, which is right by me and Shay, uh, the answer is actually no, it does not exist. And the two of them went actually as far to prove that one of the sightings that uh, supposedly happened in 1998 was a hoax. So according to those two, it is not real. And that is what I have for the hoo-hoo. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, um, a couple things. First of all, the fucking who? I love that. How is that? I don't. That should literally be its only name now. I, I support the motion of removing all other possible names for the scripted. It should only be called the who? Who? And I would also like to to join that club because <laughs> I would like to say that I'm a member of the order of the who? And and yeah, I. <laughs> so we've had we've had numerous cryptids where we've now at this point where we've talked about their genital area but this cryptid just sounds like you're talking about that <laughs> in a in a childlike way and um <laughs> so <laughs> i yeah i'm a fan and i love anything I love anything that you're gonna tie well-known figures into because it it gives it a little more a little more something and then protecting its habitat yes please thank mm -hmm. you I like that it wasn't shot at I like that we're not trying to kill it I like that we might not know how to kill it I I enjoy that and I like again it's protecting its habitat so I'm here for that yeah I really like that too and which is funny because Teddy Roosevelt was a famed, famed hunter, loves hunting. And actually, pre, I don't know if it was this season or season one, I believe he came up in, a, in an episode briefly that he actually was trying to hunt one. Um, yes. I don't remember which one. So this sort of 180 for the howler where he's protecting their habitat and, you know, large large area land too so it's not like just this one you know they can run free i thought that was really really cool too. yeah same same but very good choice thank you yeah it was a lot that one was a lot of fun all right well have you have you got anything else for me on the hulu <laughs> i do not <laughs> all right i'm gonna jump into my hunt time for the hunt and I'm good. So Missouri had a lot to choose from. It really did. There's tons of stuff. There's like the birthplace of Jesse James. There's 
guys, give Missouri haunted places a Google and just do some reading because, wow, there's like a lot of really interesting stuff. Now, with that being said, I did not pick the longest one. I picked, I picked probably amongst the shorter ones, but it had more haunted claims in one area than any of the other ones that I found. And its name really forced my hand in picking it because how could I not pick a place called Zombie Road? I mean, yeah, you absolutely have to choose. You have no choice at that point. <laughs> Zombie Road, wow, what yeah. is this? So you've never heard of it, right? No, no, but I am here for it. Oh man. Awesome. So it's in St. Louis County, Missouri. It's in the city of Wildwood and it and it was actually named Lawler Road, LA Lawler Ford Road, I apologize. Um, it was built in the 1860s and it was 3.6 miles long and built to provide access to the Merrimack River and railroad tracks. Now, that is really most of the history I have. That's the most information that I have, other than that today, it is now paved in a bike slash walking path and you can no longer drive on it. But with that being said, I'm gonna get into some of the cool stuff. Now, it's the site of one of the largest Native American burial mounds in the country. Oh boy. Yep, so if we have, you know, any paranormal knowledge that we have more often than not tells us that that, that alone is pretty much mm -hmm. grounds for a lot of paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. Now, there is possibly an apparition that floats around of a man who was thought to be or coined the quote-unquote zombie killer, but he lived in a cabin in the woods in the area and he would stalk and kill young lovers and party seekers who would set out into the woods for you know a little to make a little ruckus or mischief or maybe do things that teenagers get killed for in movies now one really cool thing about this is uh there was a documentary made by two brothers and five on your side which i believe is a news channel uh interviewed one of the brothers christopher booth and he actually shared evidence that he collected supporting, and I quote, a ghost nest of children. Wait, what? Ghost right? That's super creepy, right? Um, yeah. I mean, ghost children are creepy enough. Now you're talking about a ghost nest of them? Mm hmm uh, Boy. Yeah. No. This car is no longer, I believe, accessible by car, but at one point in time, it seems that it was, and it's believed that if you were to travel this road in your car, that you should have with you a car cover because it was pretty, pretty definite that your car was going to have some sort of trouble and break down, and you would then be forced to leave your vehicle and go and seek help for it. And if you did not cover your car with a car cover before you left, that you would come back and your car would be damaged via scratches or dents or whatnot. So there's not a lot of evidence, not a lot of things that state what the damage would be, but tons of it saying that if you left it uncovered, your car would basically be messed up when you got back. Huh. Now, the real name, sorry, the name Zombie Road was coined sometime in the early 1950s. Now, some more claims in this place. Like I said, this place is chock full. This place has more just so many claims and i love it but uh there have supposedly been some really mysterious vanishings so i can't find names to support it multiple claims of vanishings exist so that's interesting yeah. you have disembodied footsteps that uh follow you and then stop a couple steps after you stop to look back or they even brush by you or rush by you in the opposite direction, almost like they're running past you and you feel it, but you don't see anything. Disembodied voices, and people are even touched and scratched. Uh, there was a pair or a group, depending on what you read, of horseback riders. One of them was wearing like the leather chaps over her jeans and got scratched in the leg 
under her pants and under the chaps with no damage to the chaps or the pants. Huh. But there was an evident scratch and she felt it happen and said that it hurt. That's now, right? In 1876, uh, Della Hamilton McCullough, I believe I said that right, uh, was the wife of a local judge and it is believed that she was hit by a train in this very area. Uh, it's said that her ghost can be seen running up the tracks or rushing by the tracks or standing on the tracks, almost as though she's trying to warn others to be careful so they don't befall the same fate, even though those tracks are long past use and have been for a very, very long time. And it's believed that she emits almost like a bluish or a white glow. Surrounding this area is an abandoned resort community. I don't know what about that. I love, I like abandoned communities. I love that. It's super yeah. creepy and it makes me want to go there. Agreed. Um, right? Uh, it is now in ruins. Whether or not it stands today, I honestly don't know and I couldn't find that out. But uh, at the latest I know, it was in ruins. And it's believed that you can see apparitions of people walking around, maybe possibly resort goers. And there's even an old spectral woman who yells at passersby from one of the houses toward the end of the road. Now, some more claims of the apparitions that you see, uh, apparitions of natives, men, women, children, uh, industrial workers, men and children, um, a young boy who is thought to have fallen to his death. And again, hordes of ghost children. So creepy. Yeah. Um, now, like I said, it is now paved. It's called Rock Hollow Trail. Is it still spooky? I like to think so. So <laughs> I don't know. But that's that's all I got for Zombie Road. Okay. So first of all, Awesome choice. I mean, you have something called Zombie Road. You, you know, you're talking paranormal stuff. If you don't pick that, there's a problem. So <laughs> it's it just you have to. Um, yep, Native American burial ground. So 100% makes sense. Just right there. Like yep. if you know, never mind all the other, which is numerous haunt. Just that alone makes this place haunted. We, as we know, as you were talking about. So the zombie killer. Was it already called Zombie Road, and that's why he was called the Zombie Killer? That's how it read to me. I, I couldn't find whether or not that was the case, but that's everything I read that involved him. That's how it seemed. It was that he was called the Zombie Killer because it was called Zombie Road. So, but either way, and I'm, you know, hey, serial killer, you know, not good people, whatever, but cool name, <laughs> like a very, very cool handle for uh, uh for him yep all right the ghost nest of children spent sent chills up my spine just that sentence that you said sent chills up my spine we know mm -hmm. uh, you know i know we both and guys you know you've heard me talk about ch just ghost children being creepy as hell so yeah. the nest of them um yeah uh yeah no thanks uh the i i the car stuff really interesting you know bring a car cover and and your car would be damaged um the vanishings that just adds an air of creepiness because vanishings in general are just like more creepy than a murder in my opinion a lot of times just when somebody is like vanished without a trace and you just don't it's like especially in this day you know i you know back then and other times it was easier nowadays it's like you think about a vanishing it's that's it takes work to vanish to to completely scrub yourself from the public record and the you know inner and all that um so the uh the chap scratch that really interesting that no yeah. damage to the pants on the outside nothing but underneath would be you know scratch i don't even know how that would work so that's that's really really interesting to me and um oh yeah and going back to the abandoned community like you said i have the same thoughts as soon as you said it before you even started saying 
you know, I quit that due to you finding them creepy. I was, that's what I was thinking. Abandoned resort community, just abandoned communities, ghost towns. I've always loved them. There's always just this this creepiness to them, but this intrigue and this it, like just I want to know everything about these sort of ghost towns. But and they're just so cool to me. Um, yeah, great choice. Loved it. Love, loved it. Definitely would love to check out this zombie road area. So it made me, it reminded me of something when you were talking about missing people. And I actually want to bring up, I want to bring something up that I never, I've never brought up on the show. So I try not to, I, I don't even know why I haven't brought it up on the show, but um, speaking of missing persons, that is a, that is an odd, that is an odd circumstance. And there's so many of them. There's so many registries of missing teens, missing children, missing people, missing whatnot. Now, have I ever told you about a man named Donald Flint? I don't think so. So back when I worked in Home Depot uh, in 2017, there was a, uh, he was developmentally disabled. Uh, He worked at Home Depot. And let me tell you, he, he could light up your entire day, your entire day, just by talking to you. Um, He, in his in his pastime, in his in his off time, he like he had a tractor, or it sounds so I've never seen I've never seen the tractor, but I believe he had almost like a ride on lawnmower maybe type of deal. Mm-hmm. And he took care of it or he talked about taking care of it like it was his child. He he would feed it oil and make sure it had gas and would check on it every night and make sure it still ran throughout the whole winter. And he would just drive it around and drive it around and drive it around the field near where he lived in Berkeley, Massachusetts. Um, in 2017, in June, he went missing and he was just gone. And he still, to this day, is gone. And I don't, huh. and I, I almost kicked myself for never bringing this up on our show because we've been doing this for years now. But uh, Google Donald Flint from Berkeley, Massachusetts, and, and, Anybody, if you have information, you know anything, please reach out to the Berkeley Police Department and say something. If you, even if it's old knowledge, just something you remember or anything, reach out and 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 help, and just help us know where Donald is. And because if you knew him, you knew you knew how much he lit up your life just from knowing him. So please, if you know anything. Say something, please. Yeah, wow, that's sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, and yeah, guys, if you know, or if you're into that, because I see that the online sleuths nowadays, and um, they're solving crime, all sorts of cold cases all over the place now. I mean, Patton Oswalt's wife, before she passed away, figured out who that serial killer in California was, the, and uh you know, you're seeing it all the time. They, you know, they think they know where Jimmy Hoff is now and all these yep. sort of things. So guys, yeah, I mean, I would be know anything or if you, you know, you're happy, you know, good with the computer and know how to do that stuff. Wow. That, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. That's sad. Thank you. But, uh, all right. Well, sorry to dampen the mood, but, uh, oh, right, how about, uh, how about we move on to our strange encounter for the episode? Yeah, so Missouri was, it's got a good amount of um, sightings, UFO sightings, strange encounters, have you, Um, you know, a lot of you're just like we always talk about, you know, typical sort of just lights in the sky, but then they had a big one called the the Piedmont light that was like, it was over the course of a couple weeks and hundreds, if not thousands of people saw lights in the sky at different times in this in this couple week span uh, almost went with that because it did remind me of the phoenix lights which was kind of a cool one but uh i ended up going with one that i had never heard of and but i found it fascinating have you heard of the cape Girardeau crash of 1941 so no but let me tell you anytime you say crash and i know and i know this may be like an awful mindset anytime you say there's a crash having to do with one of our strange encounters I'm 100% here for it because crash, 
to me feels like maybe something was left behind. Maybe, I mean, how do you disprove a crash? You don't, but go on. Yeah, I 100% agree with great point because I agree with that. It does. It just adds a little more to it. Um, So six years before the famous or infamous Roswell crash, there was actually a very famous incident in Cape, well, it's famous now, not at the time, in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Um, So most of what I'm going to discuss comes from the granddaughter of a reverend who had been called to the scene of the crash and then relayed the story to her on his deathbed. A lot of pronouns. Um, (laughs) On or around April 12th of 1941, although that date is debated, um, some say that it it actually happened a few days earlier, while some, a lot actually say it happened later in April. But I'm going with April 12th because I've seen that date on, on a few different of the sources and they actually, when they'll like do like the 50th anniversary, that's the day that they'll celebrate it on. Um, so the Reverend William G. Huffman was called to the scene of what he thought was a, pr- a plane crash. Huffman assumed he was called in order to administer last rites to the victims of the crash. Upon arrival at the site though, uh, which was a bit west of Cape Girardeau, near the town of Chafee, he quickly became confused as to what he was seeing. The police and firefighters were already on the scene. The firefighters attended to the fires that had started in the field due to the wreckage. And to Huffman's surprise, there was no downed airplane. Rather, there was a medium-sized round silver disc that was broken apart. So sort of picture that stereotypical, you know, um, you know, flying saucer from like the movies of the 70s, 80s and stuff, just the disc. Um, There were metal shards of debris all over the field, which caused those small fires I mentioned earlier. Perplexed as to why he was called to the scene, he timidly approached the craft. Through a large hole in the craft, he could see three beings. Two were clearly dead, but it looked like one was still just clinging to life just a little bit, you know, right on the verge of death. Uh, Was this soul being clutching to life the reason he was called to the site to administer it last rites? The problem was the beings were clearly not human. And he obviously cannot administer last rites to an alien or whatever. So um, the beings were said to be humanoid, but only about three to four feet tall, gray skin, very large bulbous heads, and big black eyes. So it's kind of like the typical grays as that people describe them now, what they call a gray. Um, Just picture that. On the inside of their ship, Huffman claimed he saw wires and components that were not earthly. There were strange symbols or hieroglyphics and bizarre knobs and dials. And uh, right around this time is when the Army Corps arrived from the Sykeston field base. And they quickly cordoned off the area, roping off and using police tape. Um, and the army also went around and confiscated any and all photos or anything that people had picked up off the ground and swore everyone to secrecy under the penalty of being arrested. So if they said anything, they would go to a secret military jail and whatever. Uh, but supposedly there was a photo of one of the witnesses on the scene holding one of the the aliens bodies and um according to huffman on his deathbed he believes that that actually was hit uh the army did not find that on somebody if whether they hit it and that pick he he thought on his deathbed in the 90s i think 1990 um that it might be still out there that photo Hmm. um it is said that some of the witnesses were able to make off with some of the debris even after the military began confiscating things 
um, by either putting it down their pants or in their sock to, to make off with little uh, mementos of, the, of this weird crash. But again, it's never been confirmed. Uh, no, uh, nobody's ever come forward and say, oh, this is from that crash. So after this, the army loaded up the ship and bodies and took off. Uh, some uh, most believe that they went to the nearby Sykeston base from whence they came, but still others believe that they were actually taken to a top secret military installation and in maybe Area Fifty One, some you know, or something like that. But we don't know. So. How did this story say a secret for over 40 years? Because like I said, there were witnesses on the scene and you know, people say that. Um, with the Reverend, that makes sense to me. He's a Reverend, sworn to secrecy, man of God. You know, I could see that and then just saying something on his, uh, on his deathbed. But the others, it just, to me, if there were in, I never saw it, there was never like a, a a definitive number or even really an, like a, an accurate estimate of how many people but it sounded like there was a fairly decent amount of people on the on the scene yeah. and how does that not come out for 40 years until this guy on his deathbed well some i mean i know they were threatened with secrecy and in uh, in punishment of jail but you think you know you're having drinks with your friends stuff pops out you know people get loose lips when they're when they're had a couple a couple of a couple of drinks but some have claimed that they were visited and threatened by men in black you know i was i was gonna say it and i wasn't sure so i didn't but man was i gonna say that i love that yeah and that is it that is the the uh cape Girardeau crash so a couple things so listen i i understand the temptation to steal from a crash site i do i get it because you're gonna have like some really cool little piece of alien evidence or, or what have you but don't put it down your pants you don't know yeah. you don't know where that's been or what it's gonna do to you maybe 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 keep in your car like a lead box or yeah, I I know that's I know that's maybe overkill. Don't put it in your pants. You don't. No, it's a great point. You don't know yeah. that how irradiated that thing is, or just whatever they have in their planet. You know. Yeah. So, Men in Black, or even the possibility of Men in Black in anything, I'm I'm here for it because that that validates it for me almost completely. And I know that's, I know maybe that's an irrational way to look at it, but oh, I, I can't, <sighs> I love that. I love the whole concept of the men in black because mm -hmm. it's, it, I don't know, it's somehow so believable and yet so not believable at the same time. You know what I mean? Yes, I, 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 I'm right there with you 100%. I know exactly what you mean. Now, did you say, I feel like I missed it. Did you say the um the priest did or did not give last rites uh he uh, from everything i saw he did not because he did not know how to give last rites to uh an alien being so okay so i struggle with that i struggle with it if he didn't and now again i'm 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 not catholic but I know you're supposed to love thy neighbor. You're supposed to try to bring peace and solace to people in time of need and, and everything like that. Even if it possibly meant absolutely nothing to them, even if it meant no things at all to the creature at all, if it was some possibility that you were going to grant them some sort of a peace or, or even, even if you want to look at the other side of it, if you were going to show them some sort of compassion on human race behalf, I feel like you give them last rights. I feel like it, it, it's make something up. It's just, I think at that point, it would be just a comfort, just to just say something in a, you know, a calming voice it, it, and, and just be there with them while they 
they cross to wherever they're going. And I feel like, I feel like I wish he did do something like that. That's actually a good point. And guys, if I'm wrong and he did, and like, I just didn't find it in the resources I was using and you guys know about the story or do some research, please come on and correct me. Cause I really, I, I agree with you on that. It, it, even if it means nothing, it's just, um, you know, it's comfort. So that's a great yeah. point. Yep. <sighs> nope. That was a great choice. I really liked it and good job. Sweet. Yeah, that no. was fun. That one was fun. Nope. You got anything else for me today? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, um, thanks everybody for joining us this week. Be sure to join us next week when we set up camp in Georgia. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at Gmail. See you next time.